welcome to episode three of the Gaming Lounge podcast. Once again, I'm your host, Sebastian, and I'm joined by Dory. How you doing, Dory? Hello, doing great. All right, it was a pretty loaded show because it was a lot of news for both PlayStation and Xbox. Yes. And somewhat for uh, Nintendo, but we're not going to talk about that this week. Um, but um, the big thing, uh, the, we had the Xbox event, the podcast, uh, and it was pretty much a nothing burger. And that's been the key word used this week. I've pretty much seen everybody on Twitter use the same word, nothing burger. Like, I feel like yeah. it should be trademarked at this point. And... Um, but uh, there was a handful of things we're going to talk about, like uh, Silent Hill 2 devs are not very really happy about what they what that was shown on State of Play. Uh, there's a couple Join of, the club? Yeah, there's a couple of Sony th- uh, news about their pre- PC strategy and an Astrobot game possibly coming out, and the fact that there's going to be no new games, or no new, uh, or no f- existing franchises are going to come out. Right. Prior to no, that. like I think they mean like no huge like first party games or something. Like, yeah, they mean Spider-Man like Spider Man three or something. Yeah, they mean like Spider Man, God of War, Last of Us. Right, like, right. Kind of thing. And then we'll, and then obviously like I said, we're, talk, we're gonna talk about the, the Xbox podcast event later on. Um. So first, we're gonna start with what we always do: is spotlighting a couple games. Uh, in this case, uh, Dory's gonna spotlight Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood. I, I struggle with that uh, name every single fucking time. I love the game, but I hate the title. Um, yeah, this is made by the same people who did uh, the Red Strings Club, which I think I talked about a couple of years ago when I first played it. Um, this is very similar in that it's an incredible narrative experience with really fun, lovely characters, um, but it's a totally different setting, whereas the Red Strings Club is this dystopian cyberpunk future. This is more of a contemporary, modern society where witches happen to exist but they exist in secret uh and you are a specific witch uh in a coven um that has been banned from your uh put sent into exile from your coven for foretelling the uh, eventual doom of uh you know your 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 coven i'm saying the word coven a lot um but yeah basically that's the whole premise um, I, as a disclaimer, not really into witchy things, right? I'm not, I'm not into tarot and I'm not into astro- astrology and I'm not into any of that stuff. So this game uh, had a little bit of a hill for me to climb in terms of that, um, because I have preconceived biases against that stuff just cause I think it's, it's kind of, uh, corny and some people base their whole personality around it. If you do it for fun, great. I don't, I don't care about people like that, but people who like, kick out their roommates or whatever because they're a Capricorn and the other person's like a Sagittarius or something. Like, that's fucking weird. Anyway, sorry, that's my little rant. But this game's not really about that. Uh, almost immediately, you don't use tarot cards, traditional tarot cards. You kind of make up your own deck. Um, there's lots of interesting meanings that you can create. Um, there is a lot of like really beautiful animation that's pixelized, um, so that's lovely to look at. I had a lot of fun making my own cards. Um, and, you know, uh, eventually, I mean, I just bought it because it's just like in this world, witches exist, magic is real, um, and uh, cards can actually, you know, possibly tell the future. Uh, and it's like you set up those premises well, it's like I'll buy in. Like, I don't care that I'm not personally attracted to those kind of ideas uh, in the real world, but this, this is like a made-up believe world or whatever, so it's fine. Um yeah, it's a uh, it's a really really fun game um, for me. It's very narrative heavy, of course. The main gameplay, if you want to call it that, is making which I mean it is gameplay, but the main gameplay mechanic, the main mechanic is making up your own cards, and you get 
um, various seals and uh, backgrounds and um, various kind of like arcana energy to use to make uh, make cards. And later on, you can dispel cards to get energy, so you can make new cards if you're unhappy with your deck as it is. Um, to be clear, it's not a deck building game. It's not you're not fighting people or anything like that. There's no there's not a single round of combat or anything like that in the game. It's all it's a lot of witch politics, um, which I didn't expect. Um, it's a it's a lot of like trying to figure out what's going to happen to the coven now that you're trying to get out of exile. Um, your character Fortuna um, is basically. Um, does some forbidden magic at the beginning of the game to get out of exile. And I won't go too much into what that looks like or what it is. Uh, but it's, I mean, it's right near the start. And um, she, uh, she makes this, you know, basically a deal with the devil kind of thing. Uh, and yeah, you just play the game to see how that deal goes. If she gets out of exile, what happens to the coven? Um, there's some good twists and turns. There's a lot of cool backstory too, about her and her sister, uh, well, her family and her sister. Um, and like you know, everything going on with that. Uh, her time as a human before she became a witch, um, and yeah, uh, it's really fun. The dialogue's written very well. Um, there are the music is awesome. Um, I can't remember her name, but she's an awesome um, like trans musician, and she does. Um, she did work for Red Strings Club too. She's part of uh, Deconstructum, I think, is what they're called, uh, and they're under the. Um, uh, the umbrella of uh, the Hotline Miami people. I can't, the developers um, who uh, are like everywhere these days. I can't remember what they're called though. Um, but yeah, uh, let me look up what the, what their name is. Cause I can't, I can't remember what the, it's going to bother me. Um, it was developed by, Oh, Devolver Digital, right. Devolver Digital uh, is the developer for this game who are like everywhere. Uh, but the team behind it is called De- Deconstructum. Uh, and um yeah, I would say, I mean, it's not a super long game. I think it took me about six, seven hours to beat. Uh, definitely under 10. Um, you can go back for multiple playthroughs. Um, the game, the ending that I got, um, I was pretty happy with. Um, I mean, so a couple of regrets, but mostly happy with. Um, but it's very story-based, very choice-based. Um, the main thing is that they do allow you to start back from the beginning. And obviously, you can make different choices, make different cards, choose different alliances. Um, I'd say my only real issue with this game, I think it's a really great game overall. It didn't like blow me away or anything. I, I didn't cry or sob or, uh, you know, have like a let's go moment or anything like that. But I, I really enjoyed my time overall. I'd say my only main criticism of the game uh, is just that the back end of the game, you were deep into witch politics. And it does get a little tiresome to, um, and I guess there's a way to make fortune tuna walk faster but i did not know this because the game doesn't tell you for some reason but basically you have to like walk between the top floor and the bottom floor to get cycles to go forward in the later half of the game um and i don't remember exactly how but you can make fortuna walk faster anyway it's just kind of a slog towards the end too i was like you know there's a system in place basically to see who will keep control the coven and i was winning like handedly like there was no point of like continuing but because it had a set cycle it had to keep going um so that was a little annoying it wasn't a huge deal but it was uh, it was definitely annoying and and i would have preferred if there was easier ways to get the cycles to go forward because ultimately i crushed the competition and yeah um i had a pretty satisfying ending i didn't like how the game was trying to make me feel like it wasn't a satisfying ending. Like it was a little weird, like 
I basically gave up uh, something of Fortuna's in, instead of hurting my friends or hurting or her family or whatever in exchange for uh, making the Coven a better place and restoring peace and blah, blah, blah. And the game was like trying to make me think that Fortuna like resented it and wasn't in favor of it. And I was like, this seems like a pretty good choice to me, but I, the game obviously wanted me to like rebel and go back on my deal. And I was like, no, I, I think this is fine, but you know, whatever. I'm not an immortal witch. I'm a mortal human. So my perceptions about eternal, eternal life are skewed, but yeah. Um, Cosmic Wheel Sisterhood, very fun game. I very much recommend. If you like the Red Strings Club, I mean, you've probably already played this, honestly. But if you haven't, definitely play it. Uh, it's a really great game. Um, it came out last year, so it's pretty new. Uh, like I said, the animation and music are beautiful. Characters are very well written. Um, a little bit of a slow, sluggish pace at, pace at the end. But overall, yeah, really great time. So highly recommend it. All right, so the game I'm hi- I'm going to highlight uh, this week is Helldivers 2, which is perhaps the biggest multiplayer game out right now. It just yeah, it's huge. Just passed 300,000 concurrent players on Steam, which pass- makes it pass uh, Starfield and Halo Infinite. Um, yeah. So it's obviously a huge hit for uh, Sony. They published it. It is a first part. It's 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 a second party game. Uh, Sony published it. The Arrowhead developed. Uh, developed the game. Uh, Sony does not own Arrowhead as of uh, this recording. Uh, so what is Helldivers 2? Well, it is a third-person shooter where you can, you can uh, shoot in first-person if you want, but it's only it's like a, it's a button you have to press. It's not a first-person shooter. Um, it is a multiplayer game where you fight basically a bunch of enemies and complete objectives. Uh, the enemies can include giant bugs, much like star trip starship troopers and and robots that have like a variety of weapons some some have like chainsaws for hands or tanks and flamethrowers or and this game gets very difficult especially against the robots because uh, you get because you die very easy in this game this game is constantly requires you to strategize how you're gonna tackle it because you, you only have so many limited resources so if you die a lot, uh, you're gonna fail the mission. Uh, the mission structure is there's a there's a variety of it. There's a nice uh, variety that feels makes it feel a bit different. I mean, at the end of the day, it's amazing the same thing of killing things, completing an objective like like you know un- unlocking a terminal, defending the terminal, um, or destroying like a nest or destroying a build, destroying a tower that's the shooting propaganda or something like that. So it is it is very it it does get repetitive a bit. But it's, but it's so much fun that you don't even care that it's repetitive a bit. But it's still enough variety, I think, where it, it keeps it fresh every mission. Because the missions in this game are pretty... not They're not long, but they're not short either. They're like 10 minutes each. So it's not it's not something you just shoot... I mean, you just bullshit around and get it done in like a minute. Like You have you have to literally complete an objective. And the, the yeah, object, objective can be tough. Um, it is a game I would recommend with, with players, uh, with friends... This game can be played solo, but it's not as fun without playing with friends. Because uh, it's just that uh, you need to, like I said, you need to strategize how you're going to tackle the mission. So it's easier when you have people that know what they're doing, actual people communicate. You can actually communicate with. Um, you can play solo, but like I said, I don't. I wouldn't recommend uh, this game by yourself. But if you want to, and it's still not, it's still a lot of fun for you to play. 
if you do want to play solo, but I I would this is a game where you, you play with your friends. Um, I think the progression in this game is really good. Uh, it, you don't need to buy anything to have fun and progress. Like I, I feel like this game does is, is a great example of modern, uh, like you know modern um, microtransaction, modern like online where it's like it doesn't like it's there, but it doesn't force you to do. It doesn't force you behind some paywall. It doesn't limit you in any way. Totally optional. Um, I think that Geese game does a really good job. I hope other games replicate it. Um, I feel like I'm leveling just enough every time I play. Like every couple of missions, I'm leveling, and I feel like there's always a steady pace. Uh, I don't feel like I'm stuck. Like I don't feel like I'm not getting anywhere. I feel like there's so much customization you can do in this game between like the weapons, the armor, like the colors of your ship. You can customize so much in this game. One thing I would only, only uh, complaint I have about that is that there's so many options that you don't know what to pick sometimes, and it feels like I don't know what this does. I don't really know how good this is going to be. Is this a waste of time? Is this a waste of resources? Because um, there's some things that are just way better than others. It's just like it's like why even pick the other thing? Um, but so sometimes this game has this weird like um, problem where it's like there's too much, too many options. You feel like you don't know what you're gonna. What's the best thing to pick? So, yeah, you get like choice paralysis. Yeah, um, but overall, this game is a blast. It's absolutely amazing to play. It's really, really fun. It's challenging just enough. There, I mean, there is difficulty options. It goes way up uh, if you want to, but you have to unlock it. But there is like novice mode, easy mode, normal mode. So you have the option of how you how you want to tackle. But obviously, you get more rewards the higher difficulty you play on. But this is not a game I'd play on the highest difficulty personally. Um, just because, like I said, this game can be pretty frustrating if uh, if you die a lot. Because you, you you will die a lot. Because um, you can get ran over by like you can get one shotted by a giant bug. Uh, the, the the robot missions can be overwhelming. Where it's like just too many enemies at you at the same time. Um, and there's friendly fire in this game, so you play people yeah. you're playing with can kill you. Uh, like there was one time where I was playing with somebody and they accidentally dropped a, a like a care package on me, and it and it killed me. <laughs> that's probably my it was my fault because I, I didn't pay attention where they threw it. But yeah, yeah. You, you can like just kill your teammates right off the bat, and then uh, but the respawn is not that bad. It only takes a couple. It only takes like ten seconds or whatever. Not and bad. It, and I feel like when you and I, I think when you reset, um, the voice changes, so it's like a different person takes place. It, it's supposed to be like a big parody. Of yes. like of the military because it's like everybody's kind of just like a number. Eh, you die. We just put another person in. Um, yep. This game is full of uh, like making fun of like American propaganda and military propaganda. Where it's like it's like Starship, starship Troopers. You know, it's like we're, we're yeah. fighting for freedom and democracy. You know, everything yes. we're doing is for that. Yes, of course. Yeah, we're gonna freedom the shit out of things. You know, <laughs> that's right. We're gonna free the shit out of you by bombing you into submission. Yeah. Oh, although it makes sense because you're finding like uh, these, you know, big bug things, and they're invading other planets. Like Super Earth, they they make it clear that Super Earth and Mars are liberated. They make it very clear, 100% liberated, and then everything else is like getting invaded by robots and bugs. Yeah, but but it it does imply that like um, the, we're not exactly the heroes either, and some of the military can is a little shady and a little uh, right violent. Like they they enjoy this. Kind of thing, right? 
of course. But it's not. It's not. It is political. And it has like it has. Um, I won't say it hits you over the head with it. It's just. It's just gun. It's. It's. It's not. It's not trying to make a like say a message or anything. I think it's just just trying to be goofy. Um, yeah. Let's it, say it, it's kind of like Wolfenstein, where like it walks that fine line where it's like it's there, but it's not hitting you in the head over it. It's not trying to like preach to you about something. It's just right. Like, it's just there. Um. Yeah, it's parody. It's exactly what Starship Troopers was going for. Exactly. Somebody who's seen that. Yeah. Yep. So where this game really shines is the gameplay, and I think, um, I, like the story. There's no. There's really not much story. I, I mean, you just you know you're, you're liberating. Word keyword liberating, uh, planets from bugs and robots, and that's the whole game. Yep. Um, and you just and you have your own ship to command. Legally distinct bugs. I wanted to point out. Legally distinct, <laughs> not definitely not Starship Troopers bugs. I got that joke from the IGN review, by the way. But yes, yes, legally distinct bugs. And you you do get to control your own ship. And that's kind of cool. You kind of like your like Mass Effect. You kind of just you're like the captain of your own ship. You can customize it and things like that. Um, in terms of performance, I, I it, the, you know, the patches have really done a good job fixing a lot of things. Uh, but the matchmaking can be a little bit of a problem, and it can be a bit laggy here and there. But that's expected in these kind of games. So I don't I, that thing has been uh, game breaking for me. But I know other people have had issues. So miles vary. I know the servers have been overloaded because they did not expect this game to be as popular as it is, and they've had issues. Uh, with their servers, and they had to like shut it down. And people couldn't play, but I, right, yeah. When I've, I've been pl- pl- the servers, but what I've been playing, I've had zero issues. So, so it miles will vary. Um, but overall, I think Hell Divers Two is a must-play game if you're in, into these kind of games. Uh, it is one of the, it's going to be one of the best multiplayer games of the year. It has like an eighty-two or something on Metacritic, I believe. So yeah, IGN gave it a nine. IGN gave it a nine, so it's it's doing really well. It has a lot of players. I'm curious how long of legs it has. I'm curious if like this game's gonna last. I don't know if because you, know, you know how things are when th- games come out, they're yes. popular for three weeks and then they falls off. I wonder how long this game yeah. is gonna be. I think it'll make it to maybe to mid March. I mean, they they need some strong support, uh, just like any other game. But you need some strong support behind this one to give it more legs. Um, yeah. definitely server support too, because like you said, it's been breaking records left and right. Mm-hmm. And I think um, I could see this game because you know Sony's you know, publishing is publishing it, so right. I, I could see them supporting this game. I feel like this is like this is the this is yeah. the game they this is the kind of game they needed like in their yes. portfolio because you know Sony's known for single player games and uh, they have lacked multiplayer desperately. So uh, yep. this this game fills a nice uh, little like I don't know window niche for them. Um, I so I, I can see them supporting. I, the good thing about this game is I feel like you could support it for a long time because you can do more enemy varieties, new planets, and all the all a bunch of stuff. You could do vehicle, sure. maybe do vehicle combat and stuff in the future. I don't know. Um, so I, I I see I can see this game lasting a long time, but we'll see. So Dory, did you have any questions before we move on? Uh, yeah. So I was wondering how the AI is. Does the AI is the AI good at supporting you when you're solo, or is it trash, or somewhere? It's in between? good enough. It's good enough. It's good enough. Okay. Yeah, like it. They they the uh they they fight pretty well. They throw uh, they throw a lot of care packages. I notice they apologize a lot. Like if they throw it near you or something, like throw the package near you or something, they they apologize. <laughs> so they're just just like me for real. Yeah, apologies everywhere. <laughs> Uh, yeah, this I, this game sounds really cool. I'm not really much into multiplayer games these days, and I, I just don't think I'd have a great time with this. I'd just prefer to focus on my backlog until Final Fantasy comes out. My goodness, that's coming out soon, actually. 
Um, so I'm going to just wait for that. But, uh, but yeah, I'm really happy to hear about how successful this is. We were talking about before uh, in previous podcasts, previous episodes, about how, like you said, PlayStation really needed this multiplayer success because they just have not had it lately. Um, and ironically, I mean, this game's not really for me. Um, but it looks cool, and I'm glad that it's succeeding. Um, I'm not like against it or anything, but I just don't think it's it's not what I want to play right now. Um, but it looks cool, and and um, yeah, I don't really have much else to say except I'm glad it's succeeding. There's a lot of fans of it. Really great, also to hear that there's not a lot of microtransactions. There's not a lot of um, bullshit that is keeping people uh, blocked off from being able to enjoy it. Um, always hate that stuff. Um, so this is just a, a feel-good story for 2024 in the realm of gaming, which we really need uh, after all the mass layoffs and uh, corporate nonsense already. Yep, uh, that for sure. Definitely a feel-good story. I, I could see Sony purchasing Arrowhead in the future. Yeah. Like, Sony always likes to purchase people that they work with organic organically. So, But yeah, um, great game. Recommends only $40. It's not full price. Nice. So That's good, yeah. Yeah, so it's, I think it's very accessible. You know, it'll be on sale even in the future. So, yeah. check definitely check it out. All right, so let's move on to our discussion topic. So we ha- this is our first discussion topic of this podcast, and I'm not I'm not gonna do this every week, but here and there we're gonna do a discussion topic. Um, in this case, I wanted to talk about games that you would recommend to someone's partner that doesn't really play games because you know Valentine's Day was this was this week, and and, you know, not everybody has a partner that's in the gaming, but people like to support their partner and their hobby, and they would like to play a game too. So uh, my question to Dory would be, what games would you recommend to people that don't only really play games? You can play it, and something that you, so that, that's something that's fun that you can play with your partner. Yeah, so uh, I'm taking these suggestions from my own partner, who is only very casually into gaming. Um, Kim ha- does play games off and on, mostly Star- Stardew Valley. Um, which I'll mention in a little bit. But um, yeah, so most of these suggestions are stuff that's worked with, for her. Um, so I have like real world like application of these of these games actually working. Um, one of the things I'd recommend to people whose partner isn't really into gaming is just in general, those kinds of, um, uh, well, first co-op games, right? Co-op games are a great way. Um, couch party co-op games, couch co-op games, whatever you want to call them, stuff like Mario Party, um, Super Smash Brothers, lots of lots of Nintendo games are easy to get into. But if I had to pick one, uh, it would be It Takes Two. Um, now, ironically, this game's all about breaking up and getting a divorce. Um, but I do really think it brings you closer together. Kim and I had more than one argument while we were playing this game together because, like I said, Kim doesn't play a lot of video games, and so platformer is not her thing, and platformer is also not really my thing, and I play a lot of games. Um, so it was a match made in hell, um, but it was a lot of fun, and I love that game so much. And had some incredible sections. Really, uh, it takes two is not only a great choice for you and your partner, just because it's also about relationships and it's easy to follow and um, stuff like that. But also because you know it inherently requires you to work together, and it takes two has a lot of varied gameplay. So your partner might see a portion of it takes two see like a a portion of the gameplay or whatever and say oh that's so cool like i didn't know video games could do that where could i find that as its own game right because it takes lots of ideas from other games um so it takes two i'd I'd highly recommend um 
I mentioned it earlier, uh, games like Stardew Valley, uh, games like Spirit Fair, which I was trying to think of last week, um, these kind of like management games that are very chill and easy to um, easy to play, easy to get into, I think those are great ideas for anybody. Um, Spirit Fair is one of Kim's favorite games of all time. It's a really nice game to get into. Even I liked it, and I'm not a big fan of like management games, generally speaking. Um, I didn't, I didn't go all the way through with it, but I got way further than I thought I would. And, um, I believe they've introduced a two player mode for that game and you can switch back and forth or something. I don't remember, but they, they've done a lot of updates for Spearfare, including some DLC and it's a great package. Um, I don't even think it costs that much either. Uh, and it's on, it's on the switch. Uh, it's probably on some other program on PC too. Um, and then the last thing I'd want to recommend, obviously super biased, uh, but Kingdom Hearts um, is a lovely series. Um, it's very feel-good, for the most part. Um, and if you stay with the mainline series, or if you only like do the mainline series plus a couple of extras, I think it is a bit more digestible for people to get into. Uh, but, I mean, maybe your partner doesn't even care about the deep and incredible lore. Uh, maybe, she's just, maybe they're just into uh, Disney, you know? And that's great, too. Um, because there's plenty of Disney to go around for every, every uh, game. Uh, one of Kim's favorite games is Birth by Sleep. She loves that game. Uh, and, you know, she loves the Kingdom Hearts characters, but she also loves seeing those Disney worlds. And uh, I do, too. I'm, I'm a Disney fan as well. Um, but it's definitely something that can make it more generally appealing. Um, and it can introduce them to Final Fantasy characters who they might not be aware of. And they might be like, wow, that, that character is really cool. Like, do they have their own game? And I was like, well, good news for you. You can go play this 50-hour turn-based RPG. <laughs> Maybe that's too big of a leap, though. But, yeah. Uh, but it's 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 another game where I think it's very wholesome, especially Kingdom Hearts 1. It's very easy to get into. Uh, it's very nostalgic for a lot of people. Um, and yeah, I think it's it's a lot of fun, even if not all of the games hold up. But Kingdom Hearts 2 definitely does. Um, so those would be my three games. Basically, you know, couch co-op, management, simulator, slash um, really cozy games, I guess you could call them. Uh, and then kind of like nostalgic, feel-good, like uh action games uh that aren't like brutally difficult you know not like ninja gaiden or something you know play play kingdom hearts give it to your partner put it on beginner they're gonna they're gonna slap the shit out of hades like it's gonna be fine um so just don't don't put it on critical and don't have them fight the optional boss fights um but yeah those are my suggestions those are good choices i i reckon for, i mean first of all i recommend games where you can craft or you know, build a town or something like that, like Animal Crossing, Minecraft, or uh, Disney Dreamlight Valley, Stardew Valley, things like that. Those are all good choices to start off with. In terms of actual, like, narrative story-driven games, I'd recommend games like Firewatch or a Telltale game. I'd recommend, like, The Wolf Among Us, The Walking, the Walking Dead, or Telltale Batman or something like that. Because those games are... You know, just quick time heavy, very slow, very story driven. So you don't have to like do a hundred combos and buttons and things like that. Um, and I would recommend Nintendo games, of course. I'd recommend like Super Mario Brothers Wander, playing co op multiplayer, or I'd recommend like Mario Kart because very Mario Kart, everybody plays Mario Kart. It's accessible. It's very easy to get into. Um, uh. Smash Brothers can be something fun to play, but obviously it's not something I play hardcore because you get you would get whooped. But just for casual <laughs> get together, that'd be fun to play. I'd also recommend games like maybe like the Dark Pictures games or or 
Until Dawn if you're in the horror. Oh yeah, Kim loved that one. That's a good. That's a good shout. Yep. Yeah, because it's 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 like the Telltale games where it, you 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 make decisions in quick time events, and uh, they're a little more challenging than Telltale games. But I feel like a, a casual person can get into it. Um, it's not that bad. You just go left or right kind of thing. It's not anything crazy, but and it's fun just watching somebody play that kind of game. But uh, but yeah, that's what I would recommend. Uh, play something. I mean. I, I would also like you know games like Edith, Edith Finch or Firewatch, something like that, slow, mm-hmm. uh, story driven. Could be a good starter for, to get used to controls, and then you can get progressively more into games after that. Although it's harder for me to totally put myself in that space because I'm playing games since I was two, so I don't I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't remember a time where I didn't play games. So, but yeah, that's what I would recommend: like story driven yep. narrative games or Nintendo games. Yeah. All right. Good picks. All right. So let's let's talk about some news now. Uh, there was a handful of news this week. Uh, like I, like we said, and first we're gonna start with uh, a Bloober team not being happy with Silent Hills 2's uh, trailer as in the state of play. They said it doesn't reflect the actual game at all, um, which is kind of weird <laughs> because like, why did they release it then? Well, they blame that they say Konami's the one that push that trailer but i don't i mean does that does that mean that there's like a disconnect like they're having conflict between konami and and the developers like look this this is this is a uh, like a shoe-in in terms of this is a sorry what i'm trying to say this is a layup in terms of like denying that their game looks a little rough is blaming konami i mean that's foolproof i mean I think Jim Stephanie Sterling got hashtag fuck Konami going at one point. So like, the the possibilities are endless for blaming Konami for your for your own failures. If that's not if that's what's happening or not, I don't know. Um, so I'm just saying. I mean, it's certainly plausible that Konami is is met meddling with stuff or messing with stuff. I mean, we certainly know about their long history with their recent franchises and how they've been messing up a lot of them. I mean, Metal Gear Survive for one, and the whole saga with Kojima. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it seems like that would be tough for Konami. What did Konami just take a pre-alpha build and put it in in a trailer, and they just made us think that that was the near final build? Like I don't, I don't really see how Konami could have messed this one up for Bloober Team. This feels like a Bloober Team thing, and they're trying to cover their ass. Yeah. Plus, I don't like. I don't know how much different the gameplay is going to be. Like they're claiming it's not the same as all. Like is it like did they showed old build or something? I don't really understand. Like, I mean, Silent Hill Two, uh, the original game gameplay is clunky. I mean, it's old. It's from it's from a different era of survival horror, take control era with the fixed camera angles and things like that. And, and it does add a add a charm to it. It makes it scarier. But it's twenty twenty four and. We've seen better survival horror remakes and yeah. and games since then, so it's it was kind of a cop out um, for me. Like it, like just it's just because it's a remake of an old classic game doesn't mean you need to do the same clunky controls from 20, 23 years ago. So yeah. I I don't know. Um, I, I would be on Bloober's team more. Uh, Bloober team's team more if like they had a history of like being good. But since they make pretty much mediocre or okay at best horror games, in my opinion, it's kind of hard to like take their side. I mean, I, I, I you know, Konami pisses has been pissing me off for a long time, of course. 
like most gamers, and I can see, like, oh, yeah, Konami sucks at marketing. I can understand that viewpoint, but Blooper Team just hasn't proven to me that they're good on their own, so I don't, I, it's hard for me to be on their side. But uh, I, I just, I guess I need to see more, but from what I'm seeing, like I said, when we talked about the state of play, that was probably the most disappointing thing at the state of play. Like, that was... It, it looks, yeah, I mean, clunky. it looks jarring, it looks clunky, it, it doesn't look... It doesn't look satisfying. I mean, it, it just doesn't look satisfying to hit the monsters and stuff like that. I mean, uh, I don't know. It, it, I want that gameplay to be better, and hopefully it's tightened up for when it comes out. I mean, I think we still don't have a launch date or a release date. Is it 2025 or something? Um, but uh, so, I mean, there's still time to, you know, freshen it up, improve it based on player feedback. They could always delay it. Um uh, I mean, 2023 was loaded for survival horror. So it's not like I'm itching to have another survival horror game. That's amazing or whatever. I mean, I'm not going to complain either, mind you, but I mean, I think I'm good for a bit, you know? Um, so I don't know. Um, there's still hope for this game. I'm not saying like, Oh, game's dead and blooper team sucks or whatever, but the the excuse here seems a little flimsy as much as I don't like Konami. And as much as I think you could credibly just blame them, uh, which I also think is kind of wild, given they said they have so much love for the Silent Hill franchise, and Konami's the one that published them. So they're kind of—it feels like they're throwing Konami under the bus here, which I can't imagine Konami appreciates. But I don't know. I don't know. Um, yeah, this seems like a weird excuse, and I—I I just don't know how much Konami would really be able to like take an earlier build and then show it as a trailer without Bloober Team knowing. I mean, if they did do that, then that's fucking wild, and Konami—you know—people should be talking about it. But as far as I'm aware, there's no evidence that that's actually the case. And it just seems like the gameplay is just not there yet. And again, we have time for them to fix it uh, and for them to take in player feedback or delay it if they need. So, like, you know, it's not the end of the world, but this is a weird move to blame Konami instead of just taking the L and saying, yeah, we're working hard to improve it. We'll see you guys soon. You know, blah, blah, blah. Exactly. All right. So uh, let's move on to uh, some Sony news. So uh, recently, uh, Sony's boss, Hiroki Totoki, um, t- talked about the business side of Sony. Um, we got re- first of all, we got reports for Sony that uh, they didn't hit their twenty-five million target. They only got they missed it by four million, but it's still doing really well. I mean, this is like yeah, this, is about, this is about the peak of the console. Like usually, about three, four years in, uh, you start hitting your peak. So probably. Save bet PlayStation Five is going to start selling less now in comparison to what it was because you know it's just decline sales are going to start declining a little bit, and and we'll start yep. gearing, we'll start gearing up for the PS Six conversation. Which is, sounds weird, but it's only three years away, really technically. Yeah, like, if you go by the you know usual cycle of six to seven years, um, and but he he was talking about the business side. Um, he said they can improve the business when it comes to business. That's what he said. Direct quote. Um, I think what he's talking about is, um, he, I, I think he just wants better synergy. Um, they had to like seem like they had to change like their whole strategy. Like everybody, like everybody's got away from the games as a service, and then going back to single player, that probably delayed a lot of plans and things like that. So that's probably why we're not going to see first party games for a while with Sony, and they're relying heavily on second and third party, which I guess that's normal for Sony anyway. But um. 
but the other the other news too is that he 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 wants to be more aggressive when it comes to pushing it on PC. I mean, as you see, as you can see with Helldivers too being really successful on Steam, is only going to further that mm-hmm. that decision. I feel like that's where Microsoft's heading too, of course, and they already have done that. All their games are on PC and on Steam, so it's naturally Sony's going to do the same thing. It's just where the industry's heading. The only company that's not going to do that is Nintendo as of now, because uh, they don't need to because they're doing really, really, really well. Um, now I don't know if that means like PlayStation is going to start putting all their games on PC day one. I don't. I'm not feeling. I'm feeling that's not going to be the case. Maybe like a year later or two years later, because um, you still got to sell the console too. Because it's like, what's the? I mean, I, I'm not going to say that. What's the point of buying a console if it's all on PC? Because console and PC are two different audiences. Um, a lot of people just prefer to have a machine that works 99% of the time. You hit the button, and that's that. But um, it's still going to hurt the. It does, it's still going to hurt the PlayStation brand a bit if every game just goes day one on PC. Because um, obviously Xbox is not doing really well and hardware wise, right? Like Xbox is not selling like you sh- like it should. And I think a lot of reason right. why is because a lot of people feel like it's what's the point. Um, but I I don't know. I don't know, like, I'm, I'm not smart. I don't think I know the business side of things enough to know if that's going to hurt PlayStation or not to put game, all their games on day one, but I, I do think it's safe. To, it's a safe bet that at least we're going to see PlayStation games on, all the PlayStation games on PC at some point. If, maybe It may not be day one, but it might be, like, a year or two later. I feel like they're going to keep doing that strategy. Um, But I'm curious how much, how well these games have sold. I'm curious how God of War Days Gone, Horizon have sold. Uh, Forbidden West comes out next month, I believe, on PC. So we'll see how successful it is. Yeah. But yeah, I think one thing you can definitely say for sure, I think, is that all the multiplayer games are going to be PC and PlayStation, PS5 at the same time. I feel like that's an easy safe bet. Just because all the service games are going to be day one, I think. There's just no point of keeping a console exclusive. But I, the question is, are they going to put God of War 3, Spider-Man 3... Horizon three on PC day one. I don't know. I don't think so, but we'll see. I guess will it affect me in any way? No. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't think so either. I mean, I think they're going to stick to their usual strategy that they've been doing with Horizon, with Spider Man, with Miles Morales, with you know all all those first party games. So maybe they'll give it a year or something like that, like you said, uh, a year to two years, and then they'll port it to the PC. Um, they've done it with The Last of Us uh, Part Two as well, though that didn't go particularly well, at, at least at first. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, I think they are going to continue the port. They're going to continue the PS5 to PC pipeline. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. I, I don't know how much you know better the PS5 could really be doing right now. Um, I, I think it's worth saying that the 25 million mark, that the fact they even got this close, is pretty impressive. Given you know we just went through a uh, it just went through a pandemic. Arguably, some parts are still going through that. Um, and on top of that, there was the whole chip shortage um, that also impacted things. So the fact that they were even somewhat close to their goal, I mean, you know, four million is like four bucks for Sony. Um, then I think that's a good sign of how well the PS5 is doing. Um, and even if they didn't meet their target goal, I don't think that's a huge deal. They might come out with PS5 Slim or uh the pro or whatever to boost sales a little bit in the final run and they'll probably make that target eventually um even if it'll be late or something won't be on as quickly as they wanted 
Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, they've they put all that stuff on PC with um, uh, with Horizon and Spider Man and The Last of Us, and so I don't think they'll be afraid to do first parties, multi platform or multiplayer games uh, like Hell uh, Hell Divers. Um, uh, I think are just meant to day one go there because they're meant to be played with as many people as possible. It doesn't make sense to restrict it to just one platform if it's a multiplayer game. Uh, if it's a single player game, I think there's more of an option to wait. Let the win- you know the big thing for them I think is to have the winter sale, the holiday sales go by, especially if the game comes out in the winter. You know, have a year go by, have those those winter sales come around twice, and then maybe talk about ports um once or twice and then talk about ports and you know do it the following year or whatever uh, i'm with seb you know i don't mind these things happening i think gaming should be as accessible to everybody as possible um and as long as you know you don't need a 1500 dollars computer or whatever to play these ps5 games i think it's great um yeah i mean i i think the p i think sony is arguably doing the best out of all of them i mean maybe obviously maybe the switch is doing better in terms of sales and stuff like that. Cause I think it beats the PS2 or something, but um, you know, oh, in terms of like the console, what's that? It's on its way of surpassing PS2 yeah. in sales. Yeah. Yeah. It's on its way. So, I mean, um, as far as, I mean, the console war, I mean, the PS5 is, is smashing it. And I mean, two to one beating the Xbox. Um, I don't know exactly how it matches up to Nintendo switch, but I presume the switch is winning, but the switch has also been out for longer um so yeah um i i i I don't know i don't know there's not much more to say i think besides that um just that i think the pc ports will keep going and even if they didn't meet the targets i think though they will within the next couple of years yeah so another another thing in uh playstation news is we got well first of all there's the uh sony expects like i said earlier the ps5 is going to start declining in sales next fiscal year which is uh, 2025, and they said there's going to be no major franchise titles before April 2025. Um, which, like I said, doesn't surprise me. Like I said earlier about like how like you know they had to change their strategy with the games as a service, and they probably had a pivot, probably caused some problems behind the scenes, and so, so I, I expected delays fully. But even then. I don't think it's a big deal as it sounds on paper because it says no major franchise titles, so it could we could still get smaller things. We could still get non. Uh, we still get, we can still get new IAPs that we don't know about because you know they were working on new IAPs. Mm-hmm. Still got Concord coming out. Yep. Still got you know, and a potential Astrobots game which we're going to talk about. And uh, I think they just mean there's going to be no God of War, Spider Man, Last of Us, Uncharted. Between now and right, right. next year, between early, early next year, so I think people might just be like blowing, like being over, like overboard with this, going overboard with this in terms of like flipping out. What? Sony has nothing. People to on the internet blowing things out of proportion. Exactly, and then crazy. Uh, not only the fact that like, like, like I know on the surface, like, oh, Sony has like no first party, they're in trouble, like this year it looks bad, and, uh, like, but most people don't pay attention to that. Like, I'm talking about like people that are not online follow every little gaming news possible. I think people just see like, oh, Rise of Ronin's coming out, or Helldivers 2, or, or yeah. Final Fantasy 7 Rebirth. They don't see like, oh, that's not first party. That's, Absolutely. They don't even see that. They, they see this PlayStation logo, marketing. They see, oh, that's a PlayStation game, you know? Um, so I, I, I think it's overblown completely to be upset about this. 
Um, I don't think Sony needs to have like oh five first party games every year kind of thing. I've been happy with my PS5 personally. Like I feel like I've always have something to play. Yeah, it doesn't always have to be first party supported. Like, 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 like with Game Pass, for example. Like when I play Game Pass, it's not like I play like Halo or Gears of War or New Forza every every three months, right? It's like more like the beauty of Game right. Pass is all the indies and smaller games that Microsoft doesn't even publish that I find on Game Pass. Like, oh wow, I didn't know about this game. Let me play it. You know what I mean? So it's like it's kind of a weird criticism to complain about Sony. Um, when all of them are like that, right? Like, when you play on the Switch, like, Switch has the most exclusives, for sure, right? There's so much first-party support all the time. But uh, at the same time, most people, a lot of people play Switch. They play, like, indies and smaller games. They don't play, like, a new Mario every week. Uh, it's slow. Majority of people that play on PlayStation play Fortnite, Minecraft, NBA 2K, Madden, so Call of Duty. So like people are happy. Like I feel like the only people that are really upset about this are the people. People are just too invest, too emotionally invested in hardware and you know console war bullshit. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, even t- take it from me. Like even as somebody who was really into video games as a kid, as a teenager, took a little break, came back as an adult, and and obviously still very into video games. I didn't know the difference between third party, first party, second party, you know, and I and I was very into my PS2, Xbox 360, the Wii, uh, and then later my PS4 and now five and stuff. Like it took me a long time to figure out like what's the difference between all these things. Yeah, to me this is this is a thing that people are going to overreact to um, and and make a big deal out of or or do stupid console war stuff, even though that feels more and more on the way out these days. Um, but um. Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not really a huge deal, honestly. Even if like that meant like we weren't getting any major first party games at all, uh, and including like new IPs or whatever, like it wouldn't bother me that much because a like I've got a pretty solid backlog to bring me through the rest of the year. Uh, B Final Fantasy is just about to come out. Like it took me like two weeks to beat Yakuza, so it'll probably take me another two weeks or so to beat Final Fantasy. Uh, and you know, there's other games besides that coming out this year that I'm also looking forward to, which we've, we've talked about. Um, so yeah, I mean, it, it just doesn't seem, it doesn't seem like a big deal. You know, obviously I love God of War and Spider-Man and, uh, you know, all those big games and big titles, but, uh, I can wait, you know, those are, those are years off and I wouldn't have expected them this year or next year anyway. Uh, the most I would think is like maybe a teaser or something in the next year or two. Uh, and even then, you know, if we didn't get that, that's okay. Like, there are lots of games out there. Not everything has to be a cinematic masterpiece to be worth playing. Right, right. So, another, uh, finally, in PlayStation News, uh, well, it's, a, it's a more of a rumor, actually. Like, according to uh, Jeff Grubb from uh, Giant Blom, he says, uh, he claims that there could be an AstroBots game coming out this year. Um, because I guess Sony doesn't view Astrobots as a giant franchise, which makes sense. I mean, I guess they view when they think yeah. of a giant franchise, I think of like Spider-Man or God of War that sell like 15, 20 million copies. Astrobots is obviously not that, but I think Astrobots is a, a pretty big IP for them. I, 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 to me, the Astrobots have become their mascots. Uh, like they've become Sony's mascot in my opinion. When I think of Astrobot. I mean, I think of Sony now, I think of Astrobots. It's like the first thing I think of. It reminds me of the 90s with Spyro and Crash. 
Um, they always use the AstroBots in their right. marketing when it comes to VR or on the website. So it's a pretty big deal for me personally. I mean, I, I Sony definitely needs a platformer under their belt. It'd be nice to make. It'd be nice not to have the third-person shooter in the woods or something like that. Like you know, the, the so-called Sony template. It's good to have like a, a variety right. of games in your portfolio. And um, I think this game uh, has been long overdue. It's been four years since the last AstroBots game that came free on PlayStation 5. It was an amazing demo of the DualSense and the haptic feedback and all that. Um, and it was a great game. It really stood out. It was a nice, easy platinum, very casual. A lot of great references to PlayStation IPs. And console hardware, like uh, history and things like that. So it, it was. Team Asobi is basically a studio Japan. It's like, like the leftovers of that, um, and they they've been radio silent for like four years. So it feels like it feels it feels like it's time um, to have this game come out. Um, I'm curious if it's going to be VR or not. Uh, obviously, Astrobot's Rescue Mission was VR, one of the best VR games, but I think it's underrated because. Um, and we're talking like this game got like 10 out of 10s. Um, it, I think it's underrated because a lot of people just don't play VR. And so I'm curious if, if they're willing right. to to support the PSVR 2 with this or if it's going to be a regular game. I lean on it being a regular game, but we'll see. Uh, do you think you, do you think this game has a possibility of existing or do you think, just, think this is BS? I mean, so Jeff Grubb... I... You know, recently I think was talking about one of the people who was talking about the Xbox stuff, which we'll talk about soon, uh, and ended up being wrong about it. So I don't know. Um, I, one one way or the other. I mean, I like um, these games. I think they're fun. Um, little, I guess I call them like distraction games. Like they're fun little bite-sized um, platformers that I enjoy, and they're like a loving send-up and tribute to PlayStation's history, which I think is cool. As it's a cool idea for a game, it uh, you know establishes PlayStation's history and its identity and all the cool games that it had and does have and will have, etc. Um, so I think that's great. Um, uh, they almost always do this with a new console, so I'd be interested to see if they did it as a standalone. What could they do? Like maybe they would just tell the success of the PS5. Like it always feels like these games are just kind of meta narratives about Sony kind of celebrating its own success, which I mean. It should. The PlayStation is one of the most popular um, gaming systems of all time, right? Um, and so there's certainly a lot to celebrate. Um, but yeah, at the same time, I mean, I, I mentioned it earlier when we were talking about It Takes Two. I'm not much of a platform person. So, you know, do I think it could happen in the next year or two? Sure. Uh, I'm not I'm not positive that Sony wants to, to direct those resources uh, into a Sobe doing a new game when the PS6 is still years away. Uh, but it's possible that they could do it anyway. Uh, maybe they could do a little surprise mini game or uh, an April Fool's thing, or I don't know. Um, it just doesn't feel like, you know, based on the last two games that Astrobot has been, that it's big enough to come out on its own without the PS6 or something big backing it. Maybe they do it in support of the PS Pro, the PS5 Pro, or the PS5 Slim or something. That could be an idea. But I just I don't see the Astrobot series as its own thing that comes out in regular intervals. Um, instead, I see it as something that comes out to celebrate historic moments in Sony PlayStation history. Um, so I don't know. I'm kind of torn on this, but for me, it's not a big deal either way. I liked both games, but it's not like they wowed me or blew me away or whatever. They're just cool little 
things that came for free with uh, the PS4 and the PS5. Yeah, plus I, I think Jeff, I mean, I know Jeff Grubb definitely has people in the inside that he talks to and things like that, but I think a lot of times he throws things. For sure, him. for sure. He, he he throws things at a wall and hopes it sticks, I think. He always just, because he said Gears of War could be coming to PlayStation possibly and things like that. I think he just like takes a shot, see if he gets it right or not. I, I'm sure someone's telling him something. I'm not saying he's making it up, but um, I don't. I don't think everything he says is like set in stone either. So I'm always, anytime anyone inside says like a rumor like this, I'm always, at, at the very most, cautiously optimistic, or the, or at least like, uh, on the fence, very skeptic, skeptical about what they're saying. Um, a lot of people just believe anything anyone says. Oh, it's coming. Uh, I guess we're getting Resident Evil Code Veronica remake because this guy said it on Twitter with ten followers. So, just be careful what you what you uh, read online. But I do think it has a legitimate shot of being true, of course. Alright, so let's talk about the final topic of the night, which was the Xbox uh, podcast that we got on Thursday. Um, as people have called it, a nothing burger. Because, like, nothing changed. Because if you went by the online discourse for two weeks, it was just, like, sky is falling, the end of Xbox... PlayStation is going to start releasing um, thousand dollar consoles. Every game's going to be every game's going to be hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, like it was yeah, like one hundred twenty dollars going to be double the price. Yeah, because yeah, you yeah. know Sony's stupid business, then they're just going to make games unaffordable, and no one's going to buy them. Like, come on, people. There was no not like there wasn't nothing, and there was some things. Uh, it just wasn't like anything major that was like people were expecting like mountains to shift. It was like. Like the whole industry is about to change forever. Like it was so hyped up to be something that wasn't. But there were some things. And first of all, we do know for a fact that it's gonna be. There's four games coming to other platforms for sure. Uh, Phil himself said that they're just not gonna be Starfield or Indiana Jones at least for now. Um, the ru- the rumor is, or I guess it's pretty much confirmed at this point, is Grounded, Hi-Fi Rush, Pentiment and sea of thieves which which makes sense because two of those are live service games and two of them are smaller games like start i mean obviously i think hi-fi rush was the best xbox game last year even over starfield um but it's still not a giant game it was shadow dropped you know it's made by tango dreamworks not exactly their a team like developer i'm from bethesda and i feel like Start Sea of Thieves and Grounded could always use more people in a service game, so that makes sense. And Pentiment, obviously, it's the smallest yep. game in that list. Pentiment is an amazing game. My top, yes. thing, it was in my top ten, uh, my retro perspective. Yes, mine as well. And uh, it holds up really, really well. It's gonna I'm, for, for me because I love narrative story driven games. Where you know, I don't mind the slowness of it. It's not gonna appeal to most people. Safe bet. It's it's for like people that are really in those kind of games. Um, Right, it's not going to sell like Gangbusters five to ten million or anything like that. So it makes sense for Obsidian to put it on uh, a different like Switch and PlayStation as well. Um, but I, I don't. That doesn't mean it's that's the final like that's the final list of games. Like I feel like this is just the start of Xbox putting Microsoft putting more games on other platforms. I just I just don't think it's going to be Halo and Gears of War right off the bat. Of course, I think it's going to be slowly building something up and newer new games maybe starfield in two years or something i don't know but i definitely don't think it's the only games we're gonna get on other platforms 
which again doesn't affect me. I already play on PlayStation and PC, so I have the best of both worlds. I have PC Game Pass, so worst case scenario that doesn't come to PS5 or Switch, I just play it on PC, so it's not really an issue. And if I don't play on Game Pass, I play it on Steam. So total, it's hard. It's hard right. to get upset or like, oh my god. I want Gears of War and Halo on PlayStation. It's not it's ridiculous. Why are they not doing this? It's like it's really, right. it doesn't really affect me in any way. Um, so I, people- I think it's great for Grounded, and I think it's great for Pentiment, like you said. Like Pentiment needs a bigger audience. It, you know, yes. it certainly got a warm reception when it came out and high reviews, but not a lot of people really talked about it, except maybe right when it came out. So I think porting it is a, a smart plan if they are going to do that. Hi-Fi Rush, I mean, did really well, but we don't have any actual sales. Well, we don't have many sales numbers, I should say, because it was mostly on Game Pass that it was available, um, where it shadow dropped, obviously. I mean, that was a big part of it. Um, you know, Grounded could always use more more players, so that's that's not a surprise there. Um, and then what, what were we saying the fourth one was? You said Grounded, Sea of Thieves, Pentiment, and Hi-Fi Rush. Oh, Sea of Thieves, right. So same thing with Sea of Thieves. Although I don't know how much help Sea of Thieves needs because it always seems like Sea of Thieves is doing very well for itself despite how long it's been out. But, I mean, why not bolster those numbers even more and get more people interested in pirate shenanigans? So Mm -hmm. it seems like a great list. And, yeah, I got to agree with you. This ended up being a complete nothing. I mean, I was talking to a couple people in a server that we're both in, and it's just like the way that people can get heated about this and the the fact that, like, Xbox is going to get... Uh, get completely out of the console business or something like the whole thing ended up being like i kind of threw my hands up in the air and i'm like you know i this is all just speculation like we don't know at this point i'm just going to drop this conversation because yeah. it's like what what are we even getting upset about we don't know what's going to happen and then ultimately ended up just being not nothing but i mean pretty much nothing like i don't see anything objectionable for any of these games two are multiplayer uh you know this is all speculation right it's filled in say the actual games but it's a pretty safe bet Two of these are are, are uh, action games. One of these is like an in, two of these are indie darlings. Um, so it's like it makes sense. Uh, action games, sorry. Two of these are multiplayer games, and two of these are indie darlings. It makes sense in all four cases to make those multi-platform. Um, you know, Phil was basically saying he was doing it, it for the health of those, Xbox, and I mean, I think that makes sense. Those four games were confirmed uh, by The Verge after the fact. I get. I think that's for. That's oh, that's right. That's right. Verge. Yep. I forgot about that. But yes, the Verge did come out with an article where they were basically saying that it was it was confirmed. Plus, and then uh, when he asked about like, <coughs> excuse me, future games coming out, uh, he said, I don't, this is a direct quote from what he said. I don't think we should, as an industry, ever rule out a game going to any other platform or focus on these four games and learning from the experience. I don't want to create a false expectation on those other platforms that is somehow the first four to get over the dam and then uh, the dam's going to open and that everything else is coming. That's not the plan today. I also don't want to mislead customers on those other platforms. We're launching these four games and we're excited about it. For obviously a very political answer, politically correct answer, uh, walking that line yeah. as a, you know, as his job. But I, like I said, I, I do think this is just the start. I, I just don't think it's going to be Halo and Gears of War. Like, we were talking about that last week. But that was more for, like, shits and giggles for conversation. Like, I, I didn't actually think, Yeah, that was more think. of, like, could you imagine? Yeah. Yeah. I didn't never, not once did I ever, mad, like, actually think that Halo was going to be on PlayStation. It could still happen, but I don't think it's going to be anytime soon. 
And even yeah, if it did, sure. even if it did, I still, I always expected Xbox to stay in the hardware business. People were saying like this is the last Xbox generation, and Microsoft confirmed that obviously they're making, they're still going to be making hardware. Like I, I always expected that, and in fact, that we're getting, we're getting new hardware in the holiday season. Uh, Sarah Bond said it's going to be the big, the largest technical leap you ever seen in a hardware generation. I don't. That's all. That's a bunch of PR. That's a large of, claim. Yeah, that's a big. I mean, even if it's true, like Series X is the strongest console over the PS5, but like, yet all the developers tend to optimize their games for PS5, and it runs worse on Series X. And obviously, Series X hardware sales have not been great. Um, so like, that's just a nothing burger, especially for me who has a 4080 PC. So like, I don't. It's not something I'm going to buy personally. I already play all their games on PC. I'm a PC Game Pass subscriber. Not ultimate, so that does nothing for me. I think it's just right, same, same. just PR stuff. Um, I have a Series X, but I haven't touched it like in a year. It's just collecting dust because there's just no point because everything's on PC for me. But I'm a hardcore gamer, like I said, so it's more like I'm in that PC hardcore audience where I I play the games on PC. Like not everybody's in that sphere. Some people just like to have the console, but not. I don't care about being in the right. ecosystem of of like the digital library of xbox because my digital library is on steam and on ps5 like i i have like maybe 800 games bought on ps5 like over the course of ps3 ps4 ps5 um so like that's my main platform so like the whole digital losing the digital library with the xbox i understand the concern if i was an xbox gamer but since i'm not just a nothing burger for me they did confirm that uh that the xbox respects the found respects the library that pillars have built on their xbox so that it's not going anywhere which i never expected it to go anywhere anyway uh people people were acting like they're going to lose their entire digital library I, I get that i guess that's a common theme right now right now people are people are worried about digital libraries taking over and losing physical media you know best buy is stop is going to stop uh or they already have stopped selling physical media so i know i get the concern but I never expected Xbox to shut down um, the digital library. Uh, and so that was that. And so what do you, what, oh, I didn't even ask you, what, what do you think of uh, the new console coming out in the holiday season? Like, what, what is it? Do you, you, what do you think it is? Is it a new Xbox? I, I don't know. It Maybe it's a series X. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, maybe it's a Series XL or something. I I don't know. It it's, seems so. It seems kind of weird to put that in a big podcast that's already huge and just put this little tidbit like, "Oh, hey, we're releasing new hardware in the wind." By the way, BTW, um, they also announced um, that they're going to have ten games this year in an Xbox showcase in June, which presumably is where they're going to announce the other games because yeah. um, we already know certain games like Senua's. Uh, Senua's sacrifice or uh, what, whatever it's called, um, yeah. are going to be coming out, and uh, there's some other stuff. I think Forza or whatever. I had a I had a list. Um, we know Hellblade, but anyway, Jones, um, so yeah, I mean, avowed. Those are the three. Right, three. right, Hellblade. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for me, uh, it's not. Like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not excited about new hardware, I guess, unless it's, like, A, really affordable, B, really appealing, and some kind of, like, it's very hinged on, like, Game Pass. Like, maybe I would be 
they're interested to some degree, but I don't know. I just feel like for me, my Xbox quote unquote equip like console is my PC, the thing I'm streaming from right now. Um, I don't really feel like I need an Xbox console, like you said. Um, I feel like if I did, it would just be collecting dust. Hell, I have a Switch. I barely use it. I mean, I, I like the Switch, but most of the games that I can get on there, I can get on Steam, and I can get I can play it better. Um, and I don't really need things to be handheld these days because I don't like I don't usually have time for that at work, and I don't need to travel very far. So it's just not something that like really appeals to me. I'm sure if there are first party games or something like that from Nintendo themselves, like I might buy depending on what it is. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, like I'm, I can't say I'm super interested or impressed. Um, I think it's cool that they did talk about how many games are going to come out this year and that they're going to have a, a showcase in June. That makes sense because summer of gaming. Um, but that also means we probably won't be seeing anything new from Xbox until the summer, which is kind of wild. They're not going to do anything for spring at all. Um, I mean, it's but, I mean, maybe I maybe it'll be early June. I feel like that's expected. I mean, we usually don't get giant showcases in the spring. Like, most of the time, they just wait mm. till the summer, so that's expected. Um, that's that's probably what that's pretty much sums up the whole show. I think. I mean, that's you hit. We hit on all the news. That like, it pretty much was what I expected. I I didn't expect the ground shaking. Oh, we're putting all our games on PlayStation Five tomorrow. You know what I mean? I didn't expect, like, you know... Because <laughs> people were acting like, oh, they're going to be like... They're going to go on a big podcast, and they're going to be like, Xbox is dead. We're not making any more games. We're not making any more hardware. It's, <laughs> it's right. over. Shut, throw your, on this Xbox podcast, Xbox is dead. Not, like, literally, all, we learned pretty much nothing that, like, oh, yeah, you're, we're still making hardware. Like, that was expected. Oh, we're still... Uh, we think it's better for games to be on multi-platform, because, you know, they, they said, oh... The layoffs were a result of that. Oh, like oh, they, the result. No, they said the layoffs showed them that like oh yeah, we need to be multi-platform because more people can make and develop the game, develop the games, and be there and all that. So they they said that. So we already knew. Oh yeah, Xbox is pretty multi-platform. We knew that already because they do that on PC. Oh, mobile phone. we should mention Diablo Four is the first Activision Blizzard oh, yeah, game coming to Game totally Pass because that. that was one of the other things. I wrote that down too. Um. And then yeah, Diablo Four is coming to Game Pass uh, on March twenty eighth, which like um, there's nothing for me because a I own it on Steam and PS five already, so it's like okay, right. But so I mean, it's fully expected they own Blizzard now, and uh, it's only the beginning. Yes. We're gonna, I I really hope they do put World of Warcraft and all the Warcraft games on Game Pass PC Game Pass. That'd be so cool. Like that that's something that would have got cool. that, that would have got me excited personally. I mean. I know Blizzard's been shitty yes. for a long time, but we're talking like old Blizzard. Like I would recommend those games to you because that's like this is not like this is before Blizzard became awful. Like this is like when it was arguably the greatest developer in the world on on that Rockstar level. When they were so fucking good that South Park was making parodies. Based yeah, on when they were games. like actual like hardcore PC like actual gamers in charge. It wasn't like everything was corporate like like it is now or it was anyway. Um, yeah. So I I do hope Microsoft returns uh, Blizzard to its former glory. So I'm I'm hoping, um, but uh, this is fully expected. Diablo Four is pretty big game, so of course you can put it on Game Pass. Um, but like you put your other games on Game Pass, and that'd be awesome. But again, but there's another example of like fully expected. Like there's nothing, no surprise. Like 
this like I don't, yeah. this whole thing like I, I understand some people like to have like the the people talking to them it's like that way you're not getting the corporate tweet but like this whole thing could have been a tweet like two weeks ago or a blog post or an article or something that could have like withered weathered the storm completely like they just sat there and let it shit linger for two weeks um which which you can say you can argue well it's terrible you can argue well like most gamers don't even care about that stuff they don't pay attention to this stuff it's only the hardcore gamers that were freaking out like obviously us on twitter are like less than one percent of the actual gaming audience but at the same time i feel like they this could have been handled a lot better and i, I feel like one of the problems I, I think microsoft has more than anything else is they always shoot themselves in the foot like they always have so much momentum like they had the xbox xbox developer direct that we talked about it was very it did very well um people were excited about it and and then like this whole news comes out it's like now the all the news about xbox and microsoft is negative and the world's ending it's like you could have shot you could have yeah. like shut 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 the shit all all down like two weeks ago like i don't know why this needed to be a overhyped podcast where like they talk for 20 minutes like i i feel like this easily could have been a tweet for me personally like it, it just it was a big nothing like it it, yeah the, yeah jeff keely like typing said, it up and i was like been... the whole thing was like yeah people thought it was like a showcase it's like eh. but yeah that, that's yeah, the game I, mean, I guess it, like but... you said like this 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 could have been this could have been a tweet like this it, it's the definition of a meeting that could have been an email right like yeah. this is i may have said that before but like this this is something that didn't need to be nearly as big as it was or yeah. um or or anywhere hyped up to what it what it was um it just it just was overhyped and at, in the end like i wa- i watched like the first i think i listened to like the first few minutes and then after that it's like okay nothing big is happening i looked at some um you know posts about it on discord about people talking about like what was going on and it's like i don't know um it, it's just not a big deal ultimately i want to also clarify that they said that they're announcing new investments in new hardware uh, over the winter, but I mean, hardware could be anything. I mean, they could be make, making the next Connect or something. Uh, um, but uh, you know, they're not. So it's not necessarily like the Xbox Series XL or some shit. Like it, it might not be a new console. It could be something else. Um, well, they, well, they are, they, but it, it, we don't it, know. I think it does. I think it it is the next gen Xbox. But but like when that's coming out, who knows? Like it just feels like like we like a nothing burger again because it's like. We already know they're working on another Xbox because PlayStation's like Sony's working on PS6 right now. Of course, every hardware right, developer right. is working on something right now. It's like this whole this whole showcase, this whole podcast was just like all so, like I, I learned nothing new that I already didn't know. Basically, it was just confirmation that we're not getting Halo and Gears on PlayStation Five. I, I mean, it's one, a, it's a it's a it's a sick patient. You know, it's a patient with a really bad case of the flu saying, "No, I'm not dead yet." Like that's. That's what's going on here. It's like Xbox, who's been having a lot of trouble lately, saying, no, guys, we're not going out of business. We're not going bankrupt. Xbox isn't, like, going away. The consoles aren't stopping. Like, uh, Halo's not going to PlayStation. Like, those, all those absolutely bonkers things that people th- were saying ended up being not true. You know, I mean, I still think it's cool that those games are coming to other platforms besides Xbox Game Pass. But, you know, three of them I have no interest in. I have no interest in Diablo. Uh, and I've already played Pentiment. Uh, so it's like, for me, that ultimately ends up being not much of anything either. Yeah. The, 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 so. the whole the whole thing was fun just to speculate and talk about it. Other than that, it is what it is. It's whatever. Like, the, the, the result was pretty much 
that's, that's pretty much how life is anyway. It's like people hype these things up and it's like, of course, of course they're not going out of business. And of course they're not shutting Xbox down. And of course they're not putting all their games on all the platforms. Like, did you people really expected that to happen? Like, like you and I knew all, the whole time, like that wasn't like it happened. Like, we, we, it was just fun to talk about. Yeah, like, I know. Like no one realist, like right. No one would have brain realistically expected the end of Xbox. Like, oh, I, shut, unplug your Xbox, throw it out the window, use it as a doorstop. It's over. <laughs> Call it like imagine Phil. I mean, I just I wonder what happened to those good the, those content creators like who were like, oh, I'm quitting. You know, I'm 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 oh, stopping yeah. all of my look. Just like, bl- like just, you know that they're coming right back. Yeah, like there's no. Way. I would if see that was that's my biggest takeaway from this whole thing was get stop listening to these insiders. Stop with the people that push things for rumor, push the rumors for like clickbait. And blo- block these clowns that like shut down. Like, they they're like blown up their entire like br- they blown up all their bridges like over this little like rumor. Like come on guys, like you really thought this was the end of the Xbox brand? It, it was so stupid. I, I blocked everybody, um, anyone even remotely an Xbox Insider that like was totally wrong. I was just like, you know, I'm, I don't even want these people popping on my timeline anymore. Like I, I, I expect them to be wrong, but it was still, it was like you, they put their whole reputation on the line for nothing. Come on, like just yeah. wait till things happen and then react. Like, so it is what it is. That was the big. I think that's the biggest takeaway from the whole thing was the insiders took the biggest L. And a lot of it, even Xbox people turned on yeah. them. And I think that's all we got out of this that we and Diablo comes in Game Pass like that. But we already knew that was gonna happen. So that was it. Big nothing burger. Right. All that hype for nothing, of course. But again, we didn't expect anything. Um, so yeah, that's the Xbox saga that, that we've uh, had on this podcast for two weeks now. Um, and that's how it ends. So now we go back to talking about. Hellblade coming out in May and things like that, uh, and all that stuff. But like I said, me and I are PC Game Pass subscribers, so it doesn't affect us in any way. So it's kind of hard to like, it's really it's really hard to get upset or like whatever. It's just like you're just like all, both of us were just yeah. like, who cares? Like it really doesn't. I, I'm us. not upset. I'm like that emoji that's like just a thin like line. Like, like I'm just like whatever. Yeah, I'm you like know? what like, I, the whole it thing wasn't is, a like, huge where, deal. Yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, like it wasn't that they didn't say anything, but the things that they announced wasn't much. I, it's just like whatever. It's the main, th- the main thing for me is like I got like when I was sick last week, I got the, I got the enjoyment of just reading people's reactions. Like I, I had to stay home sick. I got to sit around and just read people's reactions on Twitter on forums and stuff, and that was fun. So that's what, that's the main thing I got out of it is entertainment. And that was pretty much pretty much it. So yeah, uh, that is our show. Uh, thank you for joining me, Dory uh very no problem a lot of news uh it's like it, news has been very heavy recently and maybe we'll get a nintendo direct next yeah week. for sure Rum- the rumor again uh is that there was a nintendo direct this right, week, rumor. but it, it got moved because of the xbox podcast i don't not sure i even believe that because nintendo does whatever they want um why would Nintendo yeah. fear xbox i don't understand that but either way the, the nintendo direct i'm sure on the horizon it has to be uh, it's, it's that time, so maybe expect that. Uh, I we'll see what games I'm playing for next week's episode. Uh, we're still we're not in the Final Fantasy VII Rebirth uh, territory yet. We're getting closer. Uh, it comes up February 29th, so I'll probably maybe I'll talk about um the Prince of Persia game or 
Persona 3 Reload or something like that, but we'll see. Um, so, who knows what news is going to be this week. This is, the, this is the week where I'm like, I don't know what's going to what's gonna come out. But then again, all the news that we talked about today uh, was like recently, like Thursday and Wednesday and stuff. So Right. So, yeah. All yeah. right. You have a good night, Dory. Thanks for joining me. And peace.